Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today, I want to talk about fiber. Do cats need fiber? And the reason I want to talk about this is because recently, I've had um, a couple people tell me that their vets have been prescribing a high-fiber diet due to their cats pooping outside the litter box. So I really want to talk about, about that today. But before we jump into that fibery topic, say hi to my handsome co-host, Dewey. Hello, my beautiful love, and hello to all of the wonderful listeners out there in the great big cat world. And this topic kind of makes a lot of sense because we hear it all the time. Uh, we need fiber in our diet, so... I'm I'm assuming why wouldn't we want to see that same thing in cats? Well, first of all, before I dive into this topic, I need to say remember I'm not a vet. I'm giving you my opinion based upon the extensive cat research I've done, you know, both formally and the training I've received and and uh, anecdotal. So, but I'm not a vet and I love vets and and I think vets are amazing and our cats wouldn't survive without um without vets there to take care of them. But cats are obligate carnivores, and that means they could not survive without eating meat. That's what the obligate in front of carnivores means. So essentially, and in real simplistic terms, they only need meat and water. And the water they're getting mostly comes from the meat itself. Wow. So that's interesting that they're looking for the water in the meat. So they don't have any fiber in the wild at all? They do, but it's in the stomach of the prey that they eat, which mm. and and this is this is real key because that fiber, you know, like if they eat mice, mice aren't carnivores, so mice aren't eating meat, so mice aren't going to have meat in their tummies. Mice is, mice are going to have seeds and you know plants and things like that. Same with rabbits; they're going to have fruits, vegetables. They're all going to have fiber in their tummies. So when the cat eats its prey, it does get some fiber, but that fiber is already pre-digested. So in the wild, they're getting all the roughage and nutrients that they need from that only. They do not eat raw vegetables. They don't dig up your vegetable garden and nibble on your carrots. A cat wouldn't do that in the wild. And so the consumption of this fermented gut content from a, a mouse or rabbit's thing that aids in the management of the cat's own intestinal flora, which in turn maintains the integrity of the mucosal surface of the intestines. Oh my gosh, that's intense that you would know all that kind of thing jeez man wow I, you know i vast really, amount of knowledge you have in that brain i like to especially with nutrition i dive 
deep into nutrition with cats because just like us and all species, you are what you eat. And it's real important that we eat a diet that is natural to our species. You know, if I were to eat what lizards eat, I wouldn't survive very long. I got to eat what's good for people, for humans. Cats got to eat what's good for cats. So it's a very, very, very important topic that I do know a lot about. Wow, that's just incredible. So is this why they eat grass when they go outside? Because they are missing that from their diet, right? Well, it depends on what you're feeding them. If you're feeding dry food, then yes, they're probably seeking something nutritional. You remember a couple episodes ago, I can't remember which, uh, which episode now it was on, but I talked about how cats can detect if their food doesn't have the right amount of protein to fat balance and they're drawn to food that's good for them. It was a scientific study that I, that I mentioned where they had fish flavored, chicken flavored and orange flavored food. And they'd scientifically, you know, changed the fat to protein ratio of the food. They just flavored it. And even though cats are repelled by citrus, they made that the ideal fat to protein ratio for the species. And the cats were drawn to the citrus food in the long term because, they inherently know what's good for them. But, um, you know, another reason is if they're that they'll eat grass outside to answer your question is if they're having trouble digesting something, you know, like they have a hairball in there or you fed them something that's just not easy for cats to digest. And yes, we do that all the time with commercial cat foods. Then they'll go out and eat grass to help it move through. So in essence, Yes, um, they are getting the soil bacteria from those grasses that they eat. And you can plant, you know, cat-safe grasses indoors for them to eat. They're, you know, wheat and all different kinds of cat grasses. They come in those little containers and you add water and it grows and, uh, and cats will eat that. Yeah, we've seen that happen quite often here with some other cats. And we had that with Tabascos. Interesting. Mm-hmm the way they'll go up and and they crave a little bit of that. So is that saying that there are probiotics that they would la- would help? Yeah, absolutely. Probiotic supplements are very beneficial for cats. Um, and, and you can buy all different kinds of them. I happen to like the Fortiflora brand because cats love the taste. It's got brewer's yeast in it, which cats really love. And brewer's yeast is also, by the way, a, a natural flea and tick repellent if they're ingesting it. So I, I would put Fortiflora on my cat's food every day, although that's not recommended. You shouldn't, you know, be giving them probiotics if they don't need it. But, um, but I did because Tabasco liked it. And then in his, his last year when he wasn't feeling good and he was suffering from um, cancer, he didn't want to eat. And, and he loved the Fortiflora. So I sprinkled it on top of every meal just to get him to eat. Okay. So let's, let's look at this a little bit. Let's go back to what kind and why vets are suggesting fiber in cats' diets. Yeah, yeah, that's good, because they're not suggesting that you grate, you know, carrots on your cat's food. (laughs) So the people that I've heard this from recently were having trouble with their cats pooping outside the litter box, which is pretty rare, by the way. And so the vets are prescribing a canned food 
a prescription canned food, of course, that's high in fiber. And Hills has just come out with this. It's it's new, which is why I'm hearing it all the time. But, you know, because it's prescription food, and again, I'm not vet bashing. I love vets, but bless our hearts. You know, they don't get degrees in nutrition because good Lord, how do they have time to, they had to go to school, you know, more than a, than a human doctor because they had to learn the physical medical ailments of multiple species other than, you know, like human people, just humans. Well, they got to learn cats, dogs, birds, all kinds of stuff, reptiles, rodents. And, and so, you know, they don't dive real deep into nutrition in their studies. They kind of just scratch the surface because, you know, they're there to treat the problem that's presented in front of them. Um, they're not nutritionists. So, you know, when Hills comes in and says, hey, we've got this great new prescription food and, and you know, it, it should be used for cats that are, you know, pooping outside the litter box. It can really help that that behavior. Well, you know, they don't really know any better and they go, okay, well, especially because it's canned food. Thank God they didn't do this in a dry food. I'd have been really pissed, but at least it's a canned food, which is great because if somebody's feeding a dry food and they just switch to any canned food, it's going to help a lot because of the water content. But it's prescription and that's why they're, you know, they're, they're prescribing it. You know, that it's interesting to say that because you think that vets really should know all aspects of everything. But I guess it's a lot like doctors. They're specific in certain areas of right. things. So that's right. why this this information is probably more important. And it's probably missed a lot in in that world because you take your vet to the doctor. You don't really think about whether or not the doctor is giving you the right information about the foods but it makes a lot of sense. So it sounds like you don't recommend this kind of food. Well, I find that cats poop outside the litter box because they're constipated. So just like when they have a urinary tract infection, <clears throat> excuse me, that frog in my throat again was creeping up. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, when they have a urinary tract infection, it's painful. Just like when we have one, it hurts when we pee. And so they associate that pain with the litter box itself and they seek to go elsewhere. So same thing happens when they are constipated. It hurts to poop. And so they don't want to do it in the litter box. So I recommend feeding a cat in a way that, you know, is most like what it would be eating in the wild because very few cats get, you know, constipation in the wild. Yeah. Is that mice and birds? Well, um, you could feed your cat mice and birds, but, but you don't have to because there are so many good foods on the market these days. Again, let's go back to the beginning. Basically, they need meat and water. So if you feed a, a quality canned food and add a little warm water to it, the cat should be getting enough hydration so that it's not constipated. Wow. So... When we buy canned food, should we look for fermented veggies in the ingredients list? <laughs> well, it won't, <laughs> you won't find that. But, uh, but no, cats don't need veggies. You know, they are designed by nature 
to get their protein from other animals, which means meat and not plants, no grains, no potatoes, no other vegetables, because cats lack the enzymes necessary to process those types of foods into usable form. And again, the only time they eat veggies is when they're in the contents of the stomach and small intestines of the animal that they're eating. And the enzymes the prey used, which the cat lacks, you know, the cat doesn't have, as I said, enzymes to break down grains and vegetables and things, but the prey does. So, you know, the the enzymes that the prey use to break down the food are important for the cat to be able to digest the veggies because that's the only way he can digest veggies is if they've been pre-digested with the enzymes of another animal. And then, yes, they are um, helpful to him. However, there are some fruits and vegetables that can be effective to cats because they are in themselves prebiotics. And those would be flaxseed, sweet potatoes, eggs, pea flour, you know, some carrots, apples, blueberries, cranberries, and ginger. But the total amount of those shouldn't exceed more than about 10 to 15% of your cat's overall diet because your cats don't really need much of them. So, and, you know, and the other thing when you're looking for, for canned cat food, so if you're looking at a cat food label and it says it has eggs, pea flour, apples, blueberries, cranberries, ginger, sweet potato, or flax, then, you know, yes, that's okay. Don't run from that one. Um, corn, no stuff like that. But um, another thing to think about is preservatives. So, you know, again, we're talking here about healthy intestinal tract, you know, situation, because that's how, if we all have healthy bacteria in our intestinal tract, things move through smoothly and regularly. Um, And preservatives in cat food kill a lot of the good bacteria in the cat's digestive tract. And, And that can cause a lot of issues like like their fur, their, it can cause coat issues, weight gain, shedding. Um, it can even affect their mood. You know, it can, it can make them kind of depressed and lethargic and, of course, irregular pooping. So of those things, the things you want to avoid are the butylated hydroxytoluene, which is usually BHT on the label, and you'll see BHA and propylene glycol, you'll see that used as a, as a, um, preservative in cat food. And that is actually an ingredient found in antifreeze. So watch for those things and stay away from them. Is that, I've heard in the past that antifreeze kills cats. Is that the truth? Yeah, it does. It does. And, and I'm not saying that the, that the propylene glycol is, is what kills cats. It probably does in a you know massive amount of quantity, but there's other things in antifreeze that will actually shut down a cat's liver. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, that's sad. Okay. So you usually recommend feeding raw food. I don't imagine that's, that has veggies in it, right? Well, <laughs> it depends on the, um, on the raw food that you're feeding. So, you know, if you feed whole carcass raw food, like, you know, like I would get rabbits flown in from the farm in New Jersey, and it would be whole ground rabbit carcass, bones, 
organs, you know, everything. N no fur because they, they can't digest the fur. So they, they would, you know, skin the rabbits and then grind it up and you get the whole thing. So that usually does include the stomach contents. If it's just the meat that you're trying to feed on a raw diet, like let's say, you know, you go to the store and you get chicken and you use one of the raw chicken recipes, which is good. But if it's just meat, you have to add a variety of nutrients to make up for what the bones and organs and stomach contents bring to the food. There is an episode we've done on feeding raw food that gives the resources for where to buy these things because it's kind of complicated and there's a lot of them and I don't want to go into that nitty gritty detail here. But um, I have a YouTube uh, video on how to make raw food showing you what ingredients to put in there. And then there's also a Cat Talk Radio episode on feeding raw food. So if you do insist in using veggies with your cat's raw diet, you know, at least I, I recommend using some of the ones I talked about earlier and steam them first to help break them down. And there's also, I mean, if you want to know everything you ever wanted to know about cat nutrition, go to catinfo.org. There, there's a lady that has just amassed, you know, a huge amount of information on cats and what they need and, and obligate carnivores and things like that and feeding raw on that site. Highly recommend it. Okay. So what about when a cat has chronic kidney disease? I mean, we've talked about that in the past a little bit. Aren't you supposed to lower the protein since the kidneys are more the protein processing, which takes place? Wouldn't you want to, doesn't it make sense to balance the veggie and grain to the protein? You know, yeah, and that's and that's what and that's right along the line of what pet food manufacturers uh, go to vets with. They say, you know, the kidneys are where all that protein processing is happening. And if the kidneys are failing, then we're overloading the kidneys with lots of protein. So those cats need to have a reduced protein diet. And, you know, renal failure is the number one medical cause of death in cats. But that's usually because we've been feeding them dry kibble their whole lives. So it's absolutely not necessary to add vegetables or grains to a cat's diet to lower the protein, regardless of the condition of the kidneys. So grains and, and vegetables, they contribute both to the carbohydrate and protein content of food. But understand that the protein from these ingredients are, are plant-based, not animal-based, and cats are strict carnivores, and they need to get their protein from meat. Usually, like I said, the kidney disease is a result of dehydration, you know, long-term mild dehydration from feeding dry food um, where they're not getting all the nutrients they need or the water that they need, you know? So if you mildly dehydrate a cat its whole life, its kidneys are, are damaging, you know, slightly damaged every day. So then when a cat gets to be 10, 12, 14, 15, you know, it, its kidneys shut down. It's having renal failure because the kidneys have been dehydrated and, and look like little prunes and you've dried them up. So, that's the biggest reason for renal disease and, and kidney disease. So feed quality food. It's never too late. And uh, certainly if you've got a new kitten or a young cat, you know, switch to a high quality canned food and you likely won't have to deal with renal issues down the road. 
And and if you've already got renal issues, it's still never too late to switch to a quality diet, even a raw diet. You know, people say, oh, my God, you definitely don't want to feed a raw diet if, it, you know, kidneys, because that's a lot of protein. But we're talking about the quality of the protein. If it's high quality animal based protein, cat's kidneys are designed to process that stuff and break it down. If you are throwing grains and vegetables and plant based proteins at them, it's even harder for those kidneys to break those things down. So I do not I don't believe in that. I, I, you know, prefer to take care of a cat's kidneys with, with more natural food. And also, you know, Reiki helps. I mean, you know, Reiki is uh, healing with the universal energy and it, it helps to heal animals and it can really help kidney issues. And our last week's podcast was on Reiki and cats and, uh, Listen to that. We we talk specifically about a, a case uh, where I interview Wendy, my Reiki master, and she talks about a case where a woman, you know, a cat was having kidney issues and, and what resulted from Reiki. So so that is also uh, something to consider. Yes. And if our listeners would like to learn more about what and how you should be feeding your cat, we have a podcast on that in our library at my favorite place, cattalkradio.com. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also on catbehaviorsolutions.org, you'll find a blog under the resources tab. And it is split out into categories. Yay, with nutrition being one of them. There's yep. a great information there to see for all. Yep. I put a lot of information out there. You can dive as shallow or as deep as you want into it. If you want shallow, I can give you the things. Here's what you feed. Here's what you look for in ingredient labels to avoid. And here's how you feed, how many times a day, and blah, blah, blah. Just if you if you want the cliff notes, I'll give you the cliff notes. If you want all the science behind it, I'm happy to share that too. And, you know, it it's sharing this information is what we're all about because Cat Behavior Solutions is a nonprofit dedicated to saving cats' lives, primarily by keeping them out of shelters, but also by helping you to better care for them, you know, both on, a, on an emotional and a physical level. And because we're a nonprofit, we need your help. And some of the ways you can help us is to go out and find us on Instagram and follow us. Find us on Facebook and like us and share those resources with other cat owners. Don't hog all the information. Share it. <laughs> and another thing you can do is to uh, shop on on our on our store at catbehaviorsolutions.org. We have a, a store called the Behavior Boutique, and it has all kinds of fun things in it, like food puzzles for you people who, you know, want to feed some dry treats or uh, dry food at night. It, it does help with mental stimulation on your cats. And we have wand toys, which you pray play with, which every cat should be getting indulged in every day. So go check out the store. Also, one more thing. If you've learned something or anything at one of these podcasts or Boy, I hope you have. <laughs> yes, let's hope you have. I mean, that's I why you'd you still be listening. Uh, consider sending us a gratuity donation. Any amount helps us keep this show on the air. Yeah, think and of it like a tip. You know, like like your waiter has come and served you. He didn't make that food, but you appreciate him delivering the food. Well, we're delivering the information to you. So think about it like tipping your waiter. 
Because <laughs> it does. It helps us to keep the show on the air. That's right. And we would just enjoy just hearing from you also. If you don't do that, just please send us a, a little note saying you're listening and how much you're getting out of the information. So, as Molly said, any amount helps us keep this show on the, on the air and deliver resources to cat owners to help keep cats out of the shelter. And why right. do we do that? Because, because shelter, shelter euthanasia is the, is the number one cause of death in cats. We still got to go. work on that. We're working on it. <laughs> we'll right. have it in sync soon. So, until next time, keep calm, keep calm and, purr and purr on. on. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 